When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Joining us now to kick off stumps uh, for this Saturday is their assistant coach, Trent Woodhill. Trent, first off, thanks for taking some time out to chat to us on stumps. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Now, obviously, uh, the Stars got their first win. KP starred with a stellar 74. It was announced um, a couple of weeks, well, just a few games back, that he'll be uh, pulling the pin at the end of the season. How much of a big gap is losing KP going to be for the Stars in uh, BBLs to come? It's huge, especially that he had. The last couple of years, he's been fantastic there. and I think he's been man of the match at least the last two and maybe the last three times there. So that's going to be a big loss. Um, but he's just he's just really good around the group. Uh, there's a lot that comes with KP, but what what he brings is experience and entertainment. That's for sure. Trent, what do you do from here? You know, KP saying he's gone. I'm, I'm, I'm cons- this is me saying it. I think Luke Wright will yeah. be gone. I don't know if he's he's announced it. Um, there's two or three other guys, uh, you know, uh, that probably are coming to the end of their their tether. Let's say there's half yeah. a dozen all up in that stars lineup. Yeah. When do you start filling those places as such? Um, and talking to people to come onto your roster for next season? It's a difficult one. There's a weird embargo period where you can you can enter into non-binding contractual discussions. So so basically you can you can talk to players from other teams, but you can't enter anything that's solid. Um, but it's a, it's a really weird one. So I'm sort of looking at next year. But so also can you say to can you say game. to Nims, Trent? Yep. Uh, we're going to give you 150. But we're not signing the contract. But the deal we would like to put to you in when that embargo's passed is this one, or you can't even go that far. I don't go that far. I just tend to, to talk to players about um, what what we can offer at the stars, and also what can they offer the stars if they're the ones knocking on my door. So it's it's you've got you've got time. You've got time to the finals to to um, recontract guys who are already on your list. And then, then you've, you've got time to talk to people. Then I think from the final uh, final game of the final, you then have to uh, cease all, all discussions with players. And then they'll open up a contracting window where it's then, you know, those non-binding discussions, um, some become binding and others have fallen by the wayside just because time's, time's taken over. So it's, I don't think it's a great system, but it's the system that we've got at the moment. Players that are not coming out of contract or are coming out of contract can you re-sign them during the season to make sure they don't yeah. other sides don't get yeah. a chance to talk to them in that window well they can still talk to them but if you you know if you've got someone that you really want to extend you can extend them during the, during the season mm. yep. um, and sometimes that's not announced with some players until, until well well after the season um, for, you know, for different reasons but yeah, obviously, if you've got someone on your list who you like, you, you, you try and you try and tie them up as quickly as you possibly can. Yeah, that's probably what I'm getting at. Is is you know, if other sides thought, well, you know, this, we think the stars list they're going to be out there and they're going to be red hot on trying to get some yeah. recruits in. Yeah. you'd be going around signing up your best players 
at all your clubs now to, to stop giving them the opportunity of having those initial discussions to leave. True, and, and that's what we did. And you know, so the criticism that's been levelled at us this season is that we didn't change our list. You know, basically, we only got uh, um, Ben Dunk. Uh, Jackson Coleman was a was a supplement player and he came onto our list last year. So while he was he was new to the contract at 18, uh, Ben Dunk was the only player that we brought on um, who was outside that. Whereas this year we have we have six or seven, maybe even eight players coming off contract. So um, you know, other clubs are aware of that. So you know they they might see see somebody who maybe hasn't had a good season this year from us that might bounce back. Um, we we then have to assess that as well. And, and then likewise, we have to work out what's what's our structure. And we, you know, we extended a couple of years ago on a few players, including KP and Riley, based on the fact we thought we were close. Probably should have got a, got a win against the Thunder in the final, um, you know, and maybe maybe take it off. But we, we went to the well with the with the team that we had. Um, and once once they're contracted, you know, it's not like you can you can delist them through the season, or you can. There's rarely a trade, and you can't trade mid-season, so you have to work with what you have in the end. Trent, how hard is it? Uh, now, I know Brad Hodge of the uh, Renegades went and said some comments that didn't get him any favours over in, in Perth, I could tell you that. But uh, how hard is it the fact that uh, the Stars and, and, to an extent, the Sydney Thunder have a, more, yep. have a bit more of a difficult job considering the fact that, you know, they're two-team towns? Oh, it's, it's, it's massive. And, and Hodge's comments, got were, I, I thought they were misconstrued. Um, they, they were accurate comments in, in that... The facts show that um, um, it's easier for the single team towns to to to, to do well um, because they're they're with their players all through the season. And you know we we saw the Sixers have had some success. The Thunder have won one, but but you know, both have tailed off. Um, you know the Renegades. It's been a while since they were in the finals, and neither Melbourne teams won it. So the, all the statistics and these are just facts. These aren't these aren't just made up to make us sound better. But the facts are that that single team that single town teams having more success, and especially early in the tournament too. It, it tends to be that halfway through the tournament, the, the single-team towns tend to be at the top of the table, and then the, the, the two-town teams tend to catch up towards the back end. And that's continuity, um, you know, relationships forming, partnerships growing. Uh, so it's, it's definitely definitely difficult. I mentioned that, you know, that if you go to 10 teams and you, and you try and split it up a bit, the there's only so much talent as well. So mm. it's, 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 I think it's more about spreading the talent and how you do that. Um, you know, people have different ideas and there's, you know, there's, a, there's IPL auctions and then there's draft systems in other sports. And mm. I think that works pretty well so that, so that teams can't warehouse talent. And that's, I think the competition needs the best 88 players playing every opportunity. Um, and that, you know, the, the, the players that come in um, are of the highest standard as well. Uh, and that's hard if, if players are, um, feel that feel the need to stay in, in their own state, and and that's I don't think that's what this competition's about. From off field to on field, good to see you guys getting yep. a, a win last night. So how how do you manage it from here? You, you've you know sort of had that that horror start. You mentioned the two town yep. teams yep. You know, get um, more competitive as the season goes on. Mathematically, there's still a chance. Yeah. Is that genuine enough? And if if so, how do you manage that now with your players? Well, definitely after after the Adelaide loss, you looked at it and went, "Wow, yeah, zero and five. Um, so you, you thought, can, you know, how, how does the end of the season look like? And it, it was weird trying to think that way halfway through a competition. 
So then we, we, we've got back to basics to make sure that we're preparing against the Renegades uh, from a you know, from a one-game, one-ball mentality, and it's it's an age-old expression. But we just made sure that we, we, we went to our, our strengths. It was great being able to have Worrell and Coleman out in the bowling. Uh, Worrell's been unfit, um, so we haven't had that opportunity uh, at, the, at the beginning of the tournament. So that was a plus. Um, yeah, then Pete got his chance with, with Luke being at the top. And you know, then with Maxine Taipei coming, coming to support his start, it, it, it looks more like the stars that we know. Mm. So it's, it's just making sure that we, we stay true to who we are and what our list is about rather than, than maybe a couple of games that we got away from what, what we were and what worked well for us in the past. Trent, one of the things that we see once the one-day international series sort of kicks in, whatever happened at the start of the BBL season kind of gets... Well, it becomes irrelevant due to the fact that, you know, the odd team or two will have yeah. uh, some ODI call-ups, et cetera, et cetera. The fact that the Stars um, will actually, it seems to benefit a little bit since you've got, you know, guys like Adam Zampa and Marcus Stoinis are the only yeah. two people that have left, whereas uh, Maxie's in the squad still. Faulkner's still in the squad. Yeah. You've still got, and Peter Hanscom obviously still um, coming yes. back from the test squad. It it must um, give the guys a little bit of hope thinking, okay, well, look, the Perth Scorchers have lost X, uh, the Renegades have lost these amount of guys. We've still got a unit. We've, we're playing good cricket again. You can almost realistically make a charge for the finals, can't you? Yeah, there's no reason not. And, and, the, and the red flags are if, if all of a sudden we're focusing on the Sydney Thunder uh, on Saturday night instead of the Sydney Sixers on Tuesday night. Mm. So those those guys you mentioned bring a lot of experience. So it's, it's making sure that they're, they're, they're passing on that information and experience out in the middle. There's only so much myself, Flem, Nicky Lewis and Huff can do uh, in training because we, we felt like we trained pretty well. It's about winning key moments in matches. Uh, and I, I, I said, I think last week, that there's, there was an over swing both ways against the Renegades last game where Hogg bowled a great over, um, you know, in the, I think it was the 15th or 16th over against us, which probably should have gone for 15. It mm. goes through a wicket and only four runs. And that, that, that sort of takes 15, 20 off the total. Then the Renegades got a quick start. So... We're going to make sure that um, those guys you mentioned really, really enforce the, that each ball has has the same significance as the one before and the one one after that, so that we, we get a competitive title, we bat first, and likewise we can we can pressure the opposition today bat first. Trent, uh, had a look at your coaching career um, over the, the last few hours before when we knew we were going to chat to you today, and and some of the names that came up that you've been involved with over the over the journey, in particular the last uh, few years. Um, you know, Warner and Smith here, Virat yeah. Kohli, A.B. de Villiers, um, Verinda Sawag. Jeez, there's some stroke players amongst them. You must <laughs> yeah, get on I, all I right with those blokes who have a fair opinion of themselves. <laughs> <laughs> all those guys you mentioned, and Chuck KP in, in there as well, That they've been so easy to work with because they're, they're, they're the best coaches of their game. So... They've only ever asked me to to, um, to look out for the things that they wanted to look out for, and then as the relationship ship grows, then then you remind them of the things that they they want to be doing. Um, so then then you move on to someone like like Glenn Maxwell, who's the last twelve months we've, we've had a lot closer relationship around his preparation, and it's been it's been fantastic. And it's it's he's doing the things that we we'd agreed on. So it's my job then not to try and teach him anything new. My job is to make sure that he's consistently doing the things that he knows he needs to do to, to do well. And what I'm finding with Glenn now is that he's actually becoming the best coach of himself. Uh, and he noticed something when he came back um, from overseas to it about his technique that he wasn't doing that he'd done in the past. And because he's able to figure that out, 
and concentrating and competing and, and doing the things that he does well rather than it becoming technical. So I've been lucky um, to a point and I've had to work at that luck to, to work with some of these players and, and to make sure that I'm listening to what they're actually saying so that I can, I can help them do the things that they want to do. And I think that's what coaching's about rather than, than always trying to, to invent something or try and come up with something new to stay ahead of the curve. It's making sure really good players consistently are really good rather than trying to get really good players even better, which is, which is you know, it's almost impossible for, the, for that to happen at an elite level when they're playing so often. Well, they've got to do it themselves, really, don't they? That's right. That's right. So then they need to know they have support, though, to, that what they're doing is right. And mm. obviously their experience with those players, um, if I'm saying that I agree with them and they are doing it right, then there's trust. Mm. Um, it's when they're asked to do something different when they know that doesn't feel right. And that, and that should only be around competition. It shouldn't be around technique and, and preparation. It's, we use the example of a, you know, whether it's horses training or whether it's golfers going on the range or, or tennis players hitting up with their coach. It's, that's the time you want to feel good so that you, you're at the top of your game so that you can make competition decisions, feeling good about your, your, your technique rather than trying to make a technical decision to feel good in competition, which is what happens when somebody else takes you away from what you want to do. Mm, on the topic of uh, just on, just on the uh, topic of uh, Glenn Maxwell, how's he been going with? Uh, well, actually, going by his performance last night, I think he's been taking the uh, all the attention to him uh, in the media pretty damn well. I mean, a thirty-one with plus four superb catches. It must be pretty strange yeah. considering the fact that obviously I'm guessing he's absolutely gutted that he didn't get the call up. But at the same time, the fact that it's Cameron White, a bloke that you know he's a, he's a Bush Rangers teammate, and they've played a lot of cricket yep. together. It's a kind of a bit of a mixed emotion, wouldn't you say? How's uh, has he been dealing with all the added attention to his game? Well, well, Glenn being Glenn, he's happy as a Victorian, no doubt. Um, he, he's learned to cope with that added attention because he's in a really good place around his preparation. And I, I sort of bit back pretty hard when his, his preparation was questioned. And the, the more we dug into that, the more we realised it was, it was closer to two years ago than it was two months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so... You know, I think he's comfortable with his cricket. He just loves cricket. So he wants to play as much as he, as he can, whether it's red ball, whether it's white ball in both forms. Uh, so, you know, the disappointment is that he just wants to represent his country and he's as hungry as anybody else, you know, be the captain or the vice captain to play for their, for their mission. So that's where the disappointment lies rather than, than kicking stones and wondering why it's happened. He just wants to, to bat as long as he can, feel well and bowl well and get back in there. Well, he's had a pretty stellar season, not just for the Bush Rangers, but also for the Stars. But uh, Trent, uh, we thank you for joining us here on Stumps and uh, best of luck against the Sydney Sixers. Uh, sorry, um, yeah, against the Sydney Sixers at the G on Tuesday. And uh, thanks for taking the time to chat to us. Thanks very much. And, and Simon, I can still remember your six off Malcolm Marshall, full toss at the MCG. And I reckon that's, that's deep in my brain about kickstarting my, my style of coaching. So. Great to finally catch up with you. Good on you, Trent. Well done, Trent. Uh, That's uh, Trent Woodall, assistant coach of the Melbourne Stars, uh, joining us here on Stump. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.